Ginger Rod, Ginger, Ginger Rod, Ginger. Ginger has red hair, so does Alex. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ginger on Ginger, the show where two redhead comedians choose a word, phrase, or concept and then talk about it through their gingery lens. I'm Jacob Godby. And I'm Alex Tate. Today's episode is brought to you by dog breeding service Noah's Bark. Bring your dogs two by two onto Noah's Bark, and we'll make sure they literally raw dog each other so that you can have those new puppies in time for your child's birthday. Just remember, as climate change destabilizes the world and we near ever towards a second great flood, to bring your horny dogs down to Noah's Bark. Noah's Bark, you bring them, we'll watch them fuck. Wow. That, how long did you spend on that one? Yeah, uh, like two minutes. Wow. <laughs> how, how, what did that feel like? That feel like a, more like a five minute effort? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Oh, thanks. It was like it had layers. There was a pun, but it was also crass. <laughs> I want to let you know just off the right off the bat. Uh, yeah. Uh, we have a fresh Ginger on Ginger review from earlier today. Oh, great. Well, one of my friends from Austin listened to our most recent episode. Uh, it's, it's her first time listening to the show. And she said she liked it. It's conversational. She felt like she wanted to chime in. And then she wrote, I hate the theme song. And I said, what episode did you listen to? And she said the newest one. And I was like, well, you're going to really hate the theme song when it's not the Scott version. <laughs> yeah, because it gets, it gets worse, actually. Yeah, I was like, you're going to hate the 93 episodes that are uh, <laughs> sing-songy lullaby with uh, bells. <laughs> yeah, she actually said she hated the theme song? Yeah. The Scott intro? The Scott intro, the Scott theme. Yeah, she hated it. And now she didn't listen to the Scott episode or it maybe would have made a little more sense. I imagine now if you listen to one of these episodes, you're like, what? Is, why? Why Scott? Yeah, 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 yeah. This is a weird place to enter, enter into this podcast. Yeah, welcome. Uh, especially this episode where we just talk about the things we enjoyed this year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, we'll get there. Jacob, anything going on in your life? I'm free. Of... Uh, of your uh, earthly vestige you're yeah. just going to ascend into transcendence yes. i don't know yes. ascend into transcendence can you do that no mm, i don't think so i think you can transcend ascendance though mm, that would be going above ascendance yeah and then you do it with your son your descendant why are you free I am out of COVID isolation. Last week when we recorded the episode, I was still in it. I still had a few days to go. I am now out. I drank alcohol Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday afternoon, and I feel <laughs> like a human again. There you go. You could have drank by yourself. I mean, no, there was nothing stopping you there. There was. That's. I don't do that. I, that's okay. like my. That's my line. Like sometimes, if it's been like a super hard week at work or something, like on like like Friday at five, I'll like drink a white claw, you know, to kind of prepare for the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I'm home alone, uh, like eleven days in a row by myself, I <laughs> can't start drinking. Like it'll just go downhill fast. I mean, I agree. I, I. I don't, uh, you know, people that come home and they like crack open a beer. I don't do that. No, but, and I feel like you maybe would, you know, if you had like a sitcom lifestyle, like if you owned a house and had a wife and some kids, like maybe the beer would be worth it when you get home. But I agree when I get off work, my first intention is not, not to crack a beer. Like I'll go out and have a drink if someone wants to do it, but. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, and, the, and they, people take that first step and they're like, oh, <laughs> Oh yeah! Not gonna so, kill myself tonight. So fucking good, this Coors Light. <laughs> yeah, um, I went to a Christmas party Saturday night. Can I tell you an embarrassing story? Uh, always, always, always. And I want to preface it by saying I think I ended up doing the right thing. 
Oh, okay. But it was bad initially. <laughs> well, sort of. Um, okay. Friend of the pod, Serena. I don't remember what episode she was on, but she's on one of them. Yeah. Had a Christmas party and she works on campus. So she works with a lot of younger folks. And I yes. knew that. The youth. Yeah, the youth, but I didn't realize how young some of them were. Uh, so I was at the party. Everyone's having a good time. Serena got like a karaoke system. And I was on the couch singing a song with one of her friends next to me also singing the song. So she was like leaning into me. And then when the song was over, she didn't stop leaning into me. And, you know, I had just been alone for like 11, 12 days or whatever. Yeah. You know, yeah. I hadn't touched another human. And I was like, hi, this is fine. I'll just let this happen. For sure. We get to talking, you know, and I'm like, what, what do you do? And she's like, oh, I'm in school. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I figured. And then she started talking about her boyfriend back home. And I was like, oh, boy. I was like, uh, how old are you? And she was like, I'm 19. And I was like, were you, were you born after 9-11? And she laughed and went, yeah, 2002. And I literally was like, I got to pee. And I just got up. <laughs> And I yeah, went yeah, to the yeah, bathroom yeah. and I didn't go back to the couch. I was, and then <laughs> Serena's like, you having fun? And I was like, I just accidentally hit it off with a 19 year old and I feel gross. <laughs> a 19 year old, not single person. Right, right. Yeah. Her, her, uh, and I talked to, I texted my sister about it and tell her, told her the story. And I was, cause I believe that you can tell people's age a lot from their eyes. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, like bags and, and just like coloration I, I believe that people age in their eyes even if they may or just not like age. general general uh uh given upness yeah this girl had like 23 to 24 year old eyes <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that means i that's what i texted aubrey and she was like yeah because she has a boyfriend back home that's stressing her out and i was like okay fair enough but she's uh, trying to yeah. keep her high school boyfriend alive. <laughs> like yeah. they're her high school relationship going. That's what, now, dude. Fuck that shit. On the other end of the spectrum, Serena's brother Gabe was there. He's 29, so he and I got along swimmingly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There, he was probably panicking. He's almost 30, and he said there's a 19 year old. I would have left. I right, I, right. Exactly. If, if you weren't related to the host, yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I was and they're like, how old are you? And they're like 19. I'd be like, I gotta go. Mm -hmm. I do yeah. not belong here. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, that that was I did. I just got up, went to the bathroom. Uh, someone else clogged Serena's toilet and then didn't tell her. So I went to the bathroom. I didn't pee in it or anything, but I like looked at it and then I went and grabbed her and I was like, "Hey, someone else clogged your toilet. I promise it wasn't me. I'm just being a good friend." But uh, I turned off the water. <laughs> like I yeah. just dad, I dadded it up pretty hard there for a minute. Someone took a fucking massive dookie in your toilet. Oh my God. Oh, there was also, there's a, like a foreign exchange student they work with. I think he's foreign exchange student. I don't know, but he's like 38 and he's Greek and his name is Jupiter. Wow. And he was there too. Super nice guy to be honest with you. But one of their 20 year old coworkers like has a crush on him and it was hilarious to watch her just like fall all over him all night. Now get this. Jupiter's married. Hmm. Yeah, but the last thing before I left, I, I headed out about two. Uh, the last thing I saw was her like pawing Jupiter and being like, isn't it weird if we just like laid down on the floor together? And he was like, I, I don't think there's enough room. <laughs> He's like, I don't know how to respectfully decline in your language. I am almost 20 uh, years your senior, so let's not do this. <laughs> yeah, and I have a wife. What did you do this weekend? 
Um, I didn't do jack shit. Okay. <laughs> I didn't do uh fucking anything at all. It's been uh it's been really boring. You didn't go for a hike, you didn't go for a bike ride, you didn't see your friends. Nope. What? Last time we talked, you said you had stuff that you were gonna do. Yeah, I lied. All right. <laughs> I didn't do anything. Okay, what I fair did, enough. I watched movies. What'd you watch? Anything good? I watched a, uh, you know, uh, you know, spoiler alert, our word of the day is best of. This is our best of episode. But I'll tell you what, I watched the worst movie I've watched all year. What's that? Venom 2. Oh, yeah, you did text me about that. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the first one, actually. Um, that movie sucks. Well, that movie's terrible. The, <laughs> and it was so bad that I was convinced I... Cause I'm, I, you know, I was watching it on this like server that a, a buddy up on Plex. So a buddy yes. uploads like movies to this server. It's like a drug dealer, but it's, it's like a, it's a content curator. Yes. I mean, essentially, but every single thing I've watched on there has been in HD and you know, like fully legit, you know, he's putting and, the effort in. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, and this was as well, but I was convinced that this was the first thing that something was wrong because I thought sections of this movie had been cut out. Oh, sure. Okay. It's possible. I mean, I'm like, I, we just but, jumped 30 minutes. Did we not? <laughs> <laughs> what is, what does it have on Rotten Tomatoes? I mean, I, I don't know anybody that is out there like stumping for it. You know what I mean? It was the number one movie in America at one point, And I just like, can't believe that. It's fucking terrible. How's Woody Harrelson? And I didn't even realize he was awful. Really? Everyone is awful. Hmm. Tom Hardy is so weird. The way he plays his character is so fucking strange. He has a 59 on Rotten Tomatoes, which is uh, not great. It's also only an hour and 26 minutes long. A superhero movie that's less than 90 minutes. It was that that is my main. The speed at which you sprinted through this movie is incredible. I mean, plot like major plot point after major plot point just happened in fucking milliseconds. And I was like, what? (laughs) Wow. Well, apparently people like it more than the first Venom, which only has a 30 on Rotten Tomatoes, which I didn't realize. That's, that's outrageous to me. The first Venom, not terrible. Not amazing, but not terrible. Huh. Well, uh, thank you for saving me some time. I, the, my first act uh, of, of being out of isolation, you know, I didn't, <laughs> I thought it would be like prison, you know, where like a people are waiting for you and you walk out of the gate and like your family's there. And uh, the first night that I was free, no one could hang. So I went and saw the French Dispatch by myself. Oh, I didn't realize I was by yourself. You said you went and saw the French Dispatch. I didn't know you went by yourself. I did. I went by myself uh, because I just needed to get out of the house, get out of my own head. And I did. And it was good. It was the most Wes Anderson-y, Wes Anderson movie I've ever seen. And... I had like some of the best sleep I've had in months after I saw that. I almost fell asleep in the theater and those vibes just like continued into my house. (laughs) It was great. That's nice. Actually. That's really nice. How was it as a Wes Anderson film? Good. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, gorgeous movie. You know, they all are. They all are. And I refuse to hear anybody that says they're not. Right. Exactly. Pretty, you know, obviously like meticulously crafted. It has some charming moments, um, some good boobs in it, like several pairs of good boobs okay dude wow (laughs) i just forgot that you know like movies have boobs sometimes my god that was the that was extra straight and extra white Um, sorry (laughs) i think everyone can appreciate i don't know how to pronounce her name leah sadu 
I don't know who that is. I'm well, I was try, I'm trying to ask you how annoying Owen Wilson was. Oh, he's barely in the movie. He's in oh, like great. He's in like six minutes of it, and he does his part very well. And um, uh, what about how sexy is uh, Timothy Chalamet? Uh, pretty sexy. Um, yeah, no, I actually talked to a fellow friend of the pod, Casey, about this because she saw the movie, but without me. <laughs> um, and we talked about how he can conjure sexual chemistry with anybody. So one of the uh, parts of it's an anthology film and it's uh, yeah. comprised of like basically three main stories and then there's like a fourth little one. But um, one of the uh, parts he's he's got sexual chemistry with Francis McDormand. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then another like younger French actress. And then Casey and I talked about how he clearly had sexual chemistry with his mom in Dune. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That, that scene but, in the tent, I was like, kiss. Come on, what are we doing here? And if you, by the way, if you read the Dune books, I mean, it's fucking there. Oh, it is? Okay. I mean, I not, there's okay. not, it's not, but there's like whiffs of it. He's oh, really close right. with his mom. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he, he does his Timothy Chalamet thing in the French dispatch, but it's not distracting. I'm worried he might teeter towards like Pete Davidson level, but he has avoided that so far. Okay. You know what I mean? Where he can't yeah. be anything but himself in stuff. Yeah. 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 Just kind of a brooding sick Victor- Victorian child. Right. <laughs> yeah. Which apparently is, uh, is what's in right now. You know, you got MGK, yeah. you got Pete Davidson, you got Travis Barker that all look like they have like Jardia. The more fucking strung out you look. The yeah. harder. Hey, do you look like you haven't slept in 51 hours? Here's the thing though. For some reason, strung out people just, they know how to make a pair of gray sweatpants look good. Am I wrong? No, because it's like they treat it like their home because it is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all yeah. about the confidence with which you wear. If I go out in public in gray sweatpants, the only thing on my mind is, do I look like I'm wearing a diaper? Yes, because they're very unflattering on your butt. And then B, why am I wearing these ugly ass gray sweatpants in huh. public? I wear my gray sweatpants uh, in public all the time. I went to the post office at lunch today. I'm going to go grocery shopping after this in my gray sweatpants. You go all the way grocery shopping? I maybe go, you know, the post office, that one's fine. It's not a big one. But I'm not yeah. going grocery shopping in my gray sweatpants. I'll tell you when it changed, and that's COVID. I, after that, <laughs> I was like, I don't give a shit. Like, okay. uh, But, you know, it's not like I'm shopping at, you know, the fucking... Uh, What's a nice grocery store? I don't. It's not like I'm going into Whole Foods in my sweatpants. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm rocking like Winco in my sweatpants. Like Target, I'll dress up for. <laughs> gotcha. Well, you have to dress up for Target. Otherwise, get your ass to Walmart. That's the whole point. Right, right. Exactly. If you're going to go to Target, you're going to spend more for pretty much the same thing. But you need to look nicer doing it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Wait. Uh, it's kind of a longer episode anyway, so we should get into it. Okay. I have to promote two things real quick. Oh. Sorry. Uh. Well, three things. It's MacGruber week. (laughs) God. The TV show comes out. If you're listening to this, the day it comes out tomorrow, and I'm going to download Peacock and I'm going to get it. Uh, Also, this week, um, coming out the same day as this episode, I filled in for Dennis on Presidential Deathmatch. Oh, did you do your research and everything? I did the research and everything. Did Aaron just fuck you up? (laughs) yeah pretty much yeah um i also just to be weird uh the episode is about the robo apocalypse and i chose michael dukakis as my pick because you wanted to say the word dukakis as much as possible Uh, pretty much yeah but um yeah 
it was it was an intro. He he got his ass handed to him at the 1988 presidential election. He only got like he his electoral votes were in the hundreds. Like George H. Dub smashed him. Oh. And then finally on Friday, there's a new Mrs. Ghost song coming out. It is not from our upcoming album, which I'm also trying to finish up this month. Um, Sean got his his well heartbroken, so he wrote a song about it, and he was like, "Can we put this out soon?" And I was like, "Yeah, all right." So uh, go listen to our sad Christmas bop. <laughs> sad Christmas bops for life. Yes, but now now we can move on to the main thing. Thank you. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, the 2021 awards. Okay. Uh, we have many categories. Uh, again, if anybody listened to last year's episode and they're still here, amazing. Let us tell you what to enjoy uh, as we uh, we're giving you a couple weeks this year. I think last year we pushed we it was a little later in the year, but we're giving you a couple weeks to catch up on all this shit before 2022 comes. Yeah. Um. So, well, should we start with the big one? Should we start with the big category? Or should we start with the little category? Pick one. Just pick a random one. Okay. Um. Well, let's do one that I. That will be a little wholesome. Okay. And I think you and me put down the same answer. Okay. Uh, and it is the best moment of the year. I wrote getting vaccinated. Oh, that's not what I put. What'd you put? Selling out Missoula. Oh, great. Yeah. No, that's a good <laughs> pick. I thought that was for not having a show in however three years and we sell out one of the bigger venues we've sold out like easily, like people got turned away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. We and no, we hadn't turned anyone away since 2017. So that that is a uh, no small feat. You're absolutely right. I wrote getting vaccinated because all of the good things that I did, DJing, selling out, none of that would have been possible uh, if I didn't and if other people didn't go get the shot. So, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. The actual moment was not, you know, like triumphant, but you know, I got like a little, a little flutter in my tummy that when I got my first shot, I was like, oh, this is, this is something, this is happening. You know, I was pretty stoked on my, on my second shot. I was yeah. nervous cause I thought it was going to hit me like a bus cause everyone said it was. But at the same time I was like, you know, I'm fucking vaccinated. I know I had yeah. to then wait two more weeks, but still I was like, dude, I, I'm like, we're, things are good. Yeah, 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 exactly. No, but that's that's uh, that's very sweet uh, that you picked that. All right, now let's bring it down for this year's Go Fuck Yourself Award. Uh, my pick's going to be the Supreme Court. Nice, just as a whole, as an entity. Yeah, yeah, as, as them like trying to like dismantle Roe versus Wade and like kind of uh, you know there's a there's a conservative majority on the Supreme Court right now that does not directly represent the interests of the American population as a whole mostly represents like the loud minority and uh yeah they've just kind of been quietly dismantling democracy and then been doing a lot of like shadow dockets so they don't have to explain why or who voted what it's been great okay that's a good would you like to say would you like to say the whole thing the what go fuck yourself the yeah. supreme court there you go there you go <laughs> also uh, fuck getting sick. I'm done being sick. I don't want to get sick for the rest of the year. Please, for the love of God, I don't want to get sick. That's fair enough in your case. That's fair enough. Uh, my go fuck yourself of the year goes to the judge in the Kyle Rittenhouse trial. Hey, hey we, we both have problems with the judicial process this year. Yeah. And probably last year, to be fair. But yeah. Um, that yeah, man that made too. me that's... 
say the statement to my parents, I don't think justice is real. I yeah. don't believe in justice anymore. Which, honestly, I'm amazed it took you till 2021 to, to come up with that conclusion. But that, I think <laughs> well, I, that I statement some... comes from a, uh, like a position of privilege, I think. But I understand what you're saying. Not yeah. Well, it's happened. I fucking uh, don't think it exists. Is it a just world? Isn't that like a like speech and debate topic? Right. Yeah. I you love the debate portion of speech and debate. Like, hey, let's make 15 year olds debate whether or not it's a just world The that they've, they've never lived in the world. You know, like most of them, if you're in speech and debate, you're probably still, you know, your parents are probably married still. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most likely. <laughs> um, OK, our next uh, award goes to your newest obsession. I've talked about it so much uh, the last couple of weeks. And this is, you know, like a recent thing, but obviously I'm on season nine of 11 of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And it's been a while since I've related so strongly to a show for better and for worse. <laughs> there you go. And uh, then also uh, seeing my friends again. I was obsessed with getting to see you multiple times, yeah. getting to make, getting the opportunity to make new friends, getting to, you know, see f old friends that I hadn't seen in a while. Like when we went to Whitefish and, and we saw Trevor and Kit who we hadn't seen in a few years, like, yeah, getting to see my friends again. I'm, I'm obsessed with that. I love it. Nice. Um, that's, that's really wonderful. Can you guess mine? I think you can. Biking. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Um, yes, I bought a new bike in March, no, in April, and, um, I rode it so much this year, and then I also built a bike from the ground up, the, uh, a different one, and that was the most fun on a project I've had in an extremely long time, and, um, I owe a lot of my happiness this year to those two fucking wheels. Yeah, I was gonna say, it's sort of the rubber band, uh holding you together uh through through some trials of this year yes yes yeah it's been a real fucking shit show but, you know uh, yeah we said this about our lives last year too where i realized today that in march we'll be two years into this uh whole covid thing and uh, i'm not gonna lie you know we still we are doing things and we've done more this year than we got to do in 2020 mm -hmm. but it's still kind of probably gonna look back on it someday and think wow i lost two years of my life to the stupidity of the american public yeah i saw this thing that was like one day you're gonna like pull a ski jacket out of your closet and you're gonna reach in your pocket and pull a mask out of the pocket and be like oh yeah holy fuck yeah <laughs> you know yeah like, oh, God. yeah yeah uh, anything else i mean are there any other uh, obsessions besides biking i don't know did you fall in love with like a certain bozeman beer or did you is there a place you really liked to go? Uh, no, it's just been the bike. The All bike right. has been the major point of the year. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Fair enough. All right. Moving on is the what the fuck moment of the year. A moment not necessarily good or bad. Mine are both bad. Um, that made <laughs> you say, what the fuck? Yeah, you know. I went into this like thinking of all the people that I could dunk on from kind of the first quarter of the year. And I decided ultimately the biggest thing that was uh, what the fuck that was in my control was DJing a funeral. <laughs> nice. Yeah, that's a really good answer. 
Thank you. Thank you. It was not necessarily a bad experience. I wouldn't call it a good one. It's not something I really want to repeat. I don't think I'd said it on the podcast, in fact, but last uh, month, my boss texted and was like, hey, another funeral coming up. And I was like, ask someone else, please. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I, I'm not about that shit. That yeah, sounds it was, fucking depressing. It was the weekend of Thanksgiving, like the one weekend uh, I was uh, not sick. And so, yeah, you know, I don't remember what episode that is where I talked about it, but I talked about it at length and it was a weird moment. That was a weird one. And it was that way. Yeah, it wasn't a triumphant one. So, uh, you know, I'll, I will look back on that one and be like, what the what the fuck was that? Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What's your WTF moment? You cannot say listening to WTF with Mark Barron. Um, OK, I have never, ever listened to an episode of that podcast. Um, that is not true. I listened to the Obama episode. Oh, yeah. So I've listened to a few when it's like someone I am interested in hearing about. Yeah, kind of treat like Mark Maron, like Joe Rogan, oh, which yeah. okay. I have listened to the Joe Rogan podcast, but yeah. it is seriously only for the guests that he has on. And I yeah. just I just I skip to the spot. I literally Google where does this person start talking and where does this person stop talking? And I just <laughs> listen to that section of the podcast. And every time Joe Rogan opens his mouth, I go, mm, please be quiet. I just yeah. I'm just here because you have someone interesting on. I want to point out. I'm not going to defend Mark Maron here, but he's not spreading hate and misinformation the way that Joe Rogan is. However, I no, do I just find don't him, like him. No, I know. I find, I find him similarly insufferable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just don't fucking like listening to him. But yeah, uh, that's and just uh, with that, we've dashed our hopes of ever having him on our podcast. Yeah, I mean, we just took shots at what number one and number three on the biggest <laughs> podcasts. <laughs> yep so uh and you you got anything shitty to say about ira glass just cap it off just cap off a podium finish for just how much we hate the top three podcasts yeah fuck npr man (laughs) i actually saw a talk with ira glass once uh at the university of wyoming which is about the only thing productive i did at the university of wyoming and ira glass is awesome really good human being yeah he seems cool i I don't have any problem with uh with npr as a whole to be honest with you what's your Um, wtf moment of the year it's um it's just like the whole anti-vax movement and that would have been my go fuck yourself for the year until until i really got confused when i realized i have some family members in it Ah, yeah, it really not immediate, uh, by the way, not immediate family members. They are tertiary family members. But uh, over Thanksgiving, me and my father were discussing it. And I I was like, what, what, what? And he was like, yeah, and I was like, what is fucking happening? I didn't think it would like encroach on my life. You know, sure. It really spread its wings this year, that movement. You know, there were it felt like sort of a niche thing uh, back in the day. Yeah, exactly. Like it just, I just thought it was like, oh, there's like a 0.01% a 0.001% of the population that are idiots and I don't need to like yeah. listen to them. And people didn't talk about it either. You know, no one's coming up to you and being like, "Guess what? I don't have my rubella shot." Yeah. Or, you know, if someone like bumps into a barbed wire fence and goes, "Ah, I purposely didn't get my tetanus shot." Like that's not happening. People don't <laughs> talk about those. Right. So, I think COVID was just was the disease it needed to really manifest and rear its ugly head. And the idea that people are taking their health into their own hands in such an uneducated way, I think is not new, but at this level is unprecedented. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, it's like my dad told me this and then I was there for Thanksgiving. So I had to have phone conversations with them. 
Mm-hmm. And then they bring it up. You know, I'm like, well, how, yeah. how are things with you? And they go, well, you know, this China virus thing. Can you believe they want to get me? They want me to get vaccinated. I'm like, what? What the fuck? I asked like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, I was just talking to someone about that. How over Christmas I'm, I'm if the conversation goes political, I'm just going to. There's so many other things we can talk about. You see me once every three or four months, if that this is really what you want to use this time to discuss, knowing that I disagree with you. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Not, not about the anti-vax. All my grandparents are vaxxed. We've talked about it on the podcast. Um, but, uh, yeah. Frustrating. What's your, what's your second one? My second one, which we will discuss more on the after dark. This is a little teaser. My second, what the fuck moment of the year would be getting fired. Right. I got fired. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and we'll discuss it more on the after dark. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, it sucks. Yes. We had a, we had a, not, I wouldn't call it rare, but we had a, an extracurricular, uh, friend meeting this last week between episodes. Yeah. It was needed. Right. Yeah. Um, no, that's, that's a good one to put in there. I, I, that absolutely, that absolutely is. And then did you pick anywhere that you want to travel once we can? Because, uh, we did that last year and and it was like, Oh, we're going to go here. I'm going to go there. And this year I wrote literally anywhere. I agree with that. I did write down that punk festival in the UK. Yeah, that does look fun. What, 2,000 Trees? Yeah. In, in Cheltenham or whatever. Cheltenham. I was just going to say Cheltenham. There's a punk festival with pretty much every modern, like, hardcore and punk band that I would want to see in one setting. Yeah. In yeah, the yeah. UK. Yeah, and then a bunch of the old dad rock bands that I like, so. Yeah, yeah. It's fucking the most stacked lineup I have seen in a really, really long time. I hit the forums a little bit to ask people about it, and someone said that they have been, and there's bad phone service there, and that if we need any help planning, they would be happy to help because they live in the area. Can we stay with them? I don't know about that. I could ask. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll slide into their DMs. We'll, we'll get going on that. Slip into there. Uh, okay, yeah. now time for, I think the funner ones. I agree. Do you want? To, what do you want to do first? Movies, music, or TV? Oh, did you do a book? And books. I did a book. Let's do book. That's kind of the lower stakes one. Yeah, exactly. I've been, yeah. I've just been going from the bottom. Gotcha. I had three books that I read in the last two months that really stuck out, and so I'll do. It's my top three. Yeah, yeah. Of the year, number three is I Want to Be Where the Normal People Are by Rachel Bloom. She's the uh, star of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Yeah. And her book made me laugh out loud multiple times alone, which oh, I don't nice. do. Yeah, I was in the bathtub like laughing out loud and sounding like a psychopath to my neighbors. So, <laughs> oh. um, yeah, it was good. I it's It falls into a category of books that I have read a lot of in my life, which is like female comedian describes in very uh, vivid detail the the bodily functions of the female anatomy, which I think is a good thing for men to to read. Definitely. Yeah. That's, it's important. Yeah. Number two, Remain in Love by Chris Frowns. Franz? I don't know. He's the drummer for Talking Heads and Tom Tom Club. And it was uh, just about his life basically in the talking heads and Tom, Tom club. And he's married to the bassist of the talking heads, Tina. And they've been married since before they were, I mean, they got married when they were in the band, they've been together since before 
They even were in the band and he has mixed words, mixed reviews of David Byrne. <laughs> now there you go. Yeah. I like that. My number one book, Sellout by Dan Ozzie. Sellout is a, an 11 chapter book where each chapter talks about an album that is the major label debut of a punk or rock band. There's a Jimmy Eat World chapter. There's a Green Day chapter about Dookie. There's an Against Me chapter. Rise Against is in there. And, uh, you know. What was Rise Against first major album? It was uh, Siren Song of the Counterculture with yes. Give It All and Swing Life Away on yeah, it. Yeah, okay. That was their first major label debut. And, uh, you know, it just kind of talks about how much money these bands made, how little some of them made, how some of them messed it up completely. All in all, there's only like three bands out of the 11 chapters that are still on a major <laughs> and making music together. So it's a really good read and it's fairly insular, you know, but but he has some characters that he kind of weaves in and out. Like Green Day is like chapter one i think and and he uses them sort of as a uh an example of what happens when the major label experiment goes correctly right that's actually sounds really interesting i know yeah. uh, that uh, that sounds interesting it's a good book. um i had to look back at all the books i read which wasn't a ton which as many as i wanted but i did read quite a few and sure. realized i only read one written this year so <laughs> <laughs> beautiful um that is my book of the year plus honestly it, it probably was book of the year anyway um, and that is a book called Into the Planet. Okay. I don't um, think we talked about this. Yeah. Did we talk about it last time? I don't think so. Oh, this is about a cave diver. Oh, okay. Into the Planet. My Life as a Cave Diver by Jill Heinerth. Thank you. I was like, it's behind me and I forgot to write down the author, Jill. Um, incredible. She has a super unique set of skills, which is diving in caves which has got to be the most fucking terrifying thing you've ever experienced in your life and is it there's spelunking a, or is she diving into water in caves it water like scuba diving in caves oh that's cool she yeah. is a cave diver i see it she's not i mean is technically a spelunker but like oh interesting okay so there's like ecologists there's a certain there's super selective biology in in caves and ecology yeah. in caves because they're they're isolated. So they if they're left alone for like two million years, there can be species that exist in one cave and only one cave. Sure. Um, and it's a lot easier to teach her how to gather samples than it is how to teach ecologists to be cave divers. <laughs> yeah. Not all ecologists want to be doing that either. Yeah. So she gets hired and just travels all around the world to various research projects to dive into caves um, and gather things. And uh, obviously she has just insane stories about wild things going wrong. The first chapter, I'll just give you a taste, is her diving into the world's largest iceberg it's so big that there are caves formed in the iceberg. That's cool. And she got a hole in her glove. So her hand like freezes almost mm -mm. solid. And they basically ran out of oxygen. And so she had to. Um, but specifically when you're scuba diving, you can't panic because the more you panic, the quicker you run out of oxygen. So she has to like force herself to slow her breathing down, even though she thinks she's going to die. Uh, yeah, that sounds interesting. That, that sounds pretty good. Like they were over like an hour late. They had like a dive time and they were an hour late for coming up when they were supposed like it was Ooh. crazy. Yikes. Um, just an insanely good book. 
very she's a really good author as well so there you go nice into the planet cave okay. diving story um all right should we get into tv shows let's do tv shows and we you asked me to try and guess yours so before you get to like your top one I will try and guess, and you can do the same for me. But I'll be honest, man. I don't know what the fuck you watch. <laughs> yeah, I knew you weren't going to get this one. For, you're not going to get this one for mine. Okay. Actually, well, only maybe Trevor would get this one, which is maybe a clue for you. Ah, so it's a British TV show. It is not, but. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about a bunch of shows I liked. I really liked uh, Netflix special season two. It's uh, okay. about a gay dude with cerebral palsy and um, him exploring his life and learning you know new things about the world and himself it's funny it's frank and i liked it a lot i thought it was way better than season one season one also good but they 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 were able it was like a web series before so each episode was like 11 minutes they expanded to like 22 24 on netflix and i think it actually helped doesn't always help but that it helped um reservation dog season one i loved i thought that was great god damn it by the way that was my guess oh for me yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, my it, guess was uh, reservation dogs. Son of a bitch. Uh, uh, Mythic quest season two. I liked, I'm really enjoying the great North season two. What we do in the shadow season four has been great. I have not watched either of the next two shows, but I'm going to, when they're done airing their current seasons, which is how to, how to with John Wilson and Joe para talks with you. My number one TV show of the year. And I had a hard time picking this cause I watched a lot of older TV this year. Uh, so, you know, curb your enthusiasm started 21 years ago. Yeah. But the thing I watched the most and multiple times in multiple settings was, I think you should leave season two. Yeah. That was my second guess. Yeah. I should have gone with my gut. Uh, great show. It is. It's pretty fucking funny. Okay. You go. And then before you do your first one, I will guess, but I know I'm not right. (laughs) Okay. I, I, I listed them out. So coming in at number five, a documentary, uh, one-off season on Netflix called this is a robbery. The world's biggest art heist. Oh, okay. Um, it's it's a documentary about what happened. Insanity. It's it's yeah. wild because and it's a cool true crime thing because no one got hurt. Sure, sure. Um, one person got like wrapped up in duct tape and taped to a chair, but they are unharmed. Um, otherwise, no one got hurt. Just like millions and millions of dollars are still missing of of these paintings are still gone and like oil sheiks shakes i don't know how you say that word in like saudi arabia got involved and stuff like that it's it's a fucking insane story damn okay yeah (laughs) um so that's number five uh number four season two of dave oh how did i forget that i I, I couldn't believe it wasn't on your list that would i would i'm gonna retroactively add that to my list i enjoyed that a lot um really really good really self-aware um on dave's part i thought he did as good of a job as a straight white man in today's comedy scene can do like he was very self-aware of what was happening and tried to address it as much as possible yeah um number three got shit on by the critics and i think very unjustly because i actually think it's really really fucking good is uh apple tv show called the foundation okay um it based on isaac asimov's sci-fi book the foundation about a man trying to preserve humanity when he knows humanity like preserve a history of humanity when he knows uh, humanity is going to collapse. Sure. And it got shit on because they changed the main character from a white man to a black girl. And literally that's the reason it got shit on. Uh, so, and it works li- perfectly fine. It's so obnoxious that that's the reason it got shit on. Um, 
it's a great show. The special effects are fucking incredible. Nice. Okay. Number two is Squid Game. Ah, uh, yeah. Fair enough. Everybody knows what it is. I loved it. I was I was super into it. I thought it was just great. It was everything I wanted it to be. It was suspenseful. It was interesting. Um, kind of saw the twist coming, but that's okay. It was good. It was great. I loved it. Okay. And your number one is either Love is Blind or I don't know if Formula One Racing counts as a TV show, but I know you watch that. <laughs> <laughs> um, is a show on Amazon Prime called Invincible. Mm, okay. Um, it is an animated show, but very much for, it's an animated superhero show, but very much for adults. Oh, I know the memes from this show. Yes. There's a lot of memes from the show, but it's basically wrapped around the idea of what if Superman with all his invincibility and all his powers was a bad guy and not a good guy. It's, it was such a good show. It was such a fresh take on superheroes in general. I was so into it. It, yeah. Cannot wait for season two. Also the soundtrack was a lot of Cage the Elephant. So, I mean, how can you go wrong? Uh, we should do a Cage the Elephant episode. I got opinions about them. <laughs> do you? I like them. I, I really, really love one of their albums. I like two more albums. Social Cues? No. I think Social Cues and the one before that are just boring, soulish versions of Cage the Elephant. Mm, I like Social Cues. Now, Melophobia is so much, it's like so much higher than all the others. It's not even funny. Like it's so much of a better album. And then they just have been shit in the bed for me since. I like maybe one or two songs off of each album after that. Uh, It's kind of a bummer. And, you know, I just don't think they'll ever regain that youthful energy again, which is fine. They're still doing great. Um, All right. We're already going long. (laughs) And we haven't even got to the biggest category yet. Movies. Okay. Uh, I sort of ranked these. There were only two that really, really like stood up above the others, but I enjoyed Dune. I liked Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. I liked Werewolves Within. You know, we, we talked a lot about Annette. I'm not putting it on my list, but I think about that one a lot still. My number two movie was the Sparks Brothers. Who Son wrote of Annette. a bitch. That's what uh, I put as number one. Number one, I'm counting Bo Burnham's Inside. Oh, fuck. I actually completely forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that... Uh, on my letterbox, I gave inside five stars, Sparks Brothers four and a half. They are neck and neck. Ah, damn. Number four. I only had a top four because I couldn't think of movies I saw in 2021. Right. I know. Yeah, same. Um, number four, a French anime, believe it or not. Okay. Um, called Summit of the Gods. Mm. Is the story interesting? Not particularly. Uh, but what makes it unbelievable is the animation is some of the most beautiful, incredible animation I've ever seen. It's so stunning. In a a really unique way, but it really works really well. Number three on the list is Pig. Oh, yeah, yeah. With Nicolas Cage. Saw it recently, but oh my lord, it's so good. Yeah, it's on my list. I haven't watched it yet. Believe all the hype about Pig. That's all I have to say about it. Okay. All the hype is justified. It's also not what you think it is. Whatever you think that movie's going to be, it isn't that. Um, number two, we talked about it last week. It's 14 peaks. Yeah. That was my guess for your number one. Number one, which did come out this year and I had to look it up, uh, is Roadrunner, the documentary about Anthony Bourdain. Oh, how did I not think of that? Yeah. We've talked about that. Yeah. Um, I watched it, uh, as some people who know me well enough, Anthony Bourdain is one of my heroes and this was just a documentary about his life. Uh, so it was very good. It was very 
emotional, but it also just it didn't try to sugarcoat his flaws either. Uh, okay, I'll I'll start the albums because my list is shorter. Okay, than yours, but this is the big one for okay. for especially Jacob. I know this is his like big. <laughs> I do love uh, music and ranking music is one of my favorite things. I have a guess for your number one. If it pops up before you get to number one, I will let you know. Okay, at number ten, came out of nowhere, stunned by this. It's Faith by Pop Smoke. Oh yeah, I remember talking about you liking that. I listened to it. It's uh, I yeah. Pleasant I think listening. that album slaps. That album okay. rules. Um, number nine is Valentine by Snail Mail. Cool. Just listened to that today. Really good. Pretty darn mellow. The first two tracks aren't mellow, but the rest of the album is. You know what um, I get stuck in my head is uh, do it for the pain, oh, yeah. honey. Like that just goes in my head. Really, really good. Like pop music. I guess you call it pop music, but it's excellent pop music. Coming in at number eight, an album you randomly texted me, I think with no idea how much I would enjoy it. It's Afrique Victime by Mdu Mokhtar. Yeah, that's right. I, I knew you would like it, but I didn't know that. Yeah. Yes, I got you. Um, it's a band from Niger. Uh, they, the lead guy is named Mdu Mokhtar and he just rips on the guitar. It's True. like, I don't know. I guess I would call it jazz or like rock. Kind of jazz jam rock. Yeah. Yeah. In some way, there's no lyrics on the entire album, but it's, it's just fantastic. Coming in at number seven, this, you'll start to see a trend from here on out. Um, is, uh, 17 going under by Sam Fender. Uh, yeah, you told me to listen to that last week. I liked it. It sounds like the Killers if they just kept going with Samstown sound. To me, it just sounds like the '80s in like a 19-year-old British boy. Yeah, um, yeah. He, he listens to a lot of that era of like Springsteen. You can tell. Yes, so much. He has a song on there called "I A Y E I," and it is "We Didn't Start good. the Fire" by Billy Joel. Like it's the yep. same thing. Yeah. Um, it just sounds so 80s, but he wrote all this stuff and it sounds like the title track 17 going under blew up on TikTok. Um, and I think for good, it's like a really, really good song. It's a really, really excellent song. Number six is uh, a person I tried to listen to for years and years and years. And then they released their most newest album. And I liked it the most is LP by JPEG Mafia. Okay. Uh, it is easily his most approachable album. I think he was kind of on the death grips side of rap music which is pretty hard to listen to pretty it's an abrasive place to be yeah. <laughs> aggressive and this is not this is easily the most listenable album if if you want to get into jpeg mafia start with lp and then go backwards i gotta say rap this year hard for me i really wanted to like that vince stapleton or vince staples album and i i don't love it well Next up, number five, best rap album of the year. Only made it to number five, which is usually lower, but it's really good. Um, the House is Burning by Isaiah Rashad. I thought you didn't like that. I texted you and you were like, yeah, his earlier stuff's better. I think I did say that in like July when it first came out. And then I did nothing but listen to it for like three months in a row. It's okay. really good. And I was wrong. My initial impressions were good. Number four, Draw Down the Moon, Foxing. Yeah. That's Amazing. on my list as well. Stay tuned. Beautiful pop music. Really, really fantastic. Cannot stop listening to it. It's, uh, I listen to it all the time. Um, the last song, the very last song in the album, easily the worst, but otherwise the rest of them are very, very good. Yep. Uh, number three, Talk Memory by Bad Bad Not Good. Cool album, yeah. Really good jazz. 
like the best jazz I've heard in a long time. Not much to say about it, but it's just, oh, it's so crispy. It's also like cinematic. It seems very cinematic to me. Yeah. Um, number two, Crawler by Idols. Oh, I got your number one then. Uh, excellent. Way less, a little more vibey than their other music. Yeah. Ultra Mono, very like politically charged. Um, and the one before that, which I'm spacing the name of, Joy is an act of resistance. Um, a pretty aggressive like punk there's some punk elements but this is a pretty vibe it's a much mellower album than i think fans were wanting but that doesn't make it bad by any means it makes it it's really really good i will say that the idols fan base has received crawler much better than they received ultra mono yeah which i don't get and and like the lead singer their number one hit is model village off of ultra mono and like the lead singer came out and said he would never perform model village ever again live and i was like why do you hate that shit so much <laughs> uh your number one i believe is sound and fury by sturgill simpson oh that would have been number one if it came out in 2021 that album came out in 2019 no way 2019 are you yes. serious <laughs> it easily would have been number one. Oh, is <laughs> it uh, is it jubilee by japanese breakfast then no it is Damn. battles battle at gardens gate by Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> How, 2019. Oh my God. That album is over two years old. Jesus. I would, I know you like Greta Van Fleet. I didn't know you like it that much. I listened to the album. Uh, it didn't do much for me, but I, I get it. It capped off the year of just 70% of my music sounding like it was from the eighties. You also have a Led Zeppelin background. Like you were the kid in high school wearing Led Zeppelin shirts to school. I don't have a Led Zeppelin background. Yeah. I was huge into Led Zeppelin, and I hated Greta Van Fleet for a long time because I thought they were trying to rip off Led Zeppelin's sound. And sure, they sound a lot like Led Zeppelin. I get that. But then I have grown to accept it. It's basically just me getting more Led Zeppelin music. I was going to say, you're never getting new Led Zeppelin music, so you might as well take Greta Van Fleet. <laughs> exactly. And that's where I'm at. And I'm, I listen to that album so goddamn much this year. It's silly. Nice. I had to do 15 because there were a bunch of albums I, that didn't make my top 10 that I still wanted to just mention. Okay. Uh, a lot of albums I listened to and I really loved like three or four songs, but not the entire album. This is also the year that I've listened to the most music. Once I started working from home in May, I just took off anything on my Instagram stories that comes out on Friday. I, if you, if it's on there, I've listened to it at least once. I don't always like it, but I've listened through it at least one time. Uh, I also got really into sparks this summer and you know, their most recent album came out in 2020 and their first album came out in like 1971 or something like that. So that's a pretty prolific are, career. Yeah, they have like 24 albums or something like that. So a lot of my listening was them. Number 15, Olivia Rodrigo, Sour. That's one of those albums there I really go. love, like five tracks on. I think they're fantastic. Uh, I dig it. Number 14, Noga Eras, Kids. Another one of those albums I really, really love about six tracks on and the rest I could take or leave. That but, one uh, of those songs made your top songs yeah. list, right? End of the Road is a great song. And yeah, it was good. Yeah. It's uh pop music, Israeli pop music. I, this is sort of her trying to reach out of the country and, and uh, this is her English language offering. And it's, it's good. Number 13 wouldn't be a Jacob list if it didn't have Weezer with Van Weezer. Really? That's the 13th best album you listened to? It's my 13th favorite album I listened to. Okay. All right. There's two Weezer albums that came out this year, OK Human and Van Weezer. OK Human is the better album. Van Weezer is the more fun to listen to album. Okay. Fair enough. Number 12 just came out a couple weeks ago. No Rome. It's all smiles. He's sort of the uh, 
the 1975's like Wonderkind Kind, Wonder Wonder Wunderkind, um, and uh, the the low song that I had in my list on Instagram that you like. This album was produced by BJ Burton, who produced that low song, and uh, yeah, I really dig it. It's uh, it's quirky pop music. Kids from the Philippines. He's got a real silky voice. I like it a lot. Nice. I've never heard of that. I was going to send it to you. and it was, I'm not sure if you like it, but give it a shot. It, yeah. It's got some chopped up beats and stuff that you would like, but then it also has some of the like boy band sounds of like the 1975 that I love. So sure. Sure. Yeah. Number 11, you, me and everyone, we know something heavy, just a regular pop punk album. And, uh, the lyrics are real, uh, I wouldn't say nihilistic, but very like realistic. A lot of the album is about how all the shit that's going down right now. And there's a song, you know, like literally (laughs) how about grounding yourself amongst this like mire. I also in 2020, the singer and songwriter offered like virtual song consultations. So I chatted with him for like an hour about a song that's not even on the Mrs. Ghost album. Um, But uh, nice stuff guy. Yeah. He, he, uh, I like the album too. And uh, number 10, Halsey. If I can't have love, I want power. She made a pop album produced by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross of the Nine Inch Nails. It sounds like it. I like it. Number nine, Church's Screen Violence. Good. Great songs. Yeah. Honestly, just some great pop music. I've liked Church's for a long time. This was the first album of theirs that I like fully vibe with. It, I just listened to that album for what it's worth like all of two days ago, but really good. Really good. Yeah. Stuff. Number eight came out on midnight New Year's 2020, 2021 technically came out this year. It is the dirty nil fuck art. Yeah. Just some, just some good rock music. Yeah. I knew that was going to be high on your list. That one. Yeah. I, I dominated my listening like the first three months of the year and, uh, you know, it's tough, tough break for albums that come out early in the year. <laughs> I don't know why they decided to do that, but I didn't know yeah. they released it on midnight, January 1st. That's yep. Okay. Yep. Number seven, the night game dog years, big eighties pop noises. And you know, I like that in my life. The lead singer was the lead singer for boys like girls. He does not oh. sing like that anymore. He has oh. uh, smoothed out his vocals a little bit. He's not whining and trying to hit the, the high notes. Good. Great. Yeah. Number six is Wolf Alice with Blue Weekend. Came out in like July, but it is the epitome of a winter album. It's uh, like a uh, an English band from England. Yep. And uh, I don't know how to describe it. Like chamber pop, I guess. It's real reverby, like pop music. Uh, and their singer is phenomenal. She's She's got a hell of a range. So Nice. So kind of like churches? But more of like an organic rock band. Oh, okay, because Churches does that thing with her voice all the time. Yeah, there's less effects on on the uh, Wolf Alice singer's voice. It's it's more natural sounding, but lots of like reverb. It, it sounds the album sounds like you're listening to it in like a cathedral. Gotcha. Okay, but in a good way. Number five, the main XOXO from Love and Anxiety in Real Time. Yes, that is the full name of the album. Jesus. Uh, the main, I hated for a long time. They were just this like snotty bratty pop punk band for the first half of their career. And then a couple albums ago, they released an album of like third eye blind worship. That album's called lovely little lonely. And I've been on board since, and I really liked the album they released this year. And, uh, 
you know, we didn't get a 1975 album this year, and it sounds like them doing the 1975. So it's uh, automatically up there. Number four, Rockhampton, Roadrunner, New Light, New Machine. There you go. It is also the full title. Love Rockhampton, have for a while, seen them live, own some merch. I didn't like it as this album as much as I liked their last album. Right. Yes. It, uh, it is not as cohesive. Uh, there's a few song, a few more songs that I could just kind of take or leave, but the songs that hit hit, it's kind of two albums smashed into one and your mi- mileage varies depending on what side of the band you like more. If you like their straight up rap or if you like their like boy band stuff, I happen to like both. Number yeah. three, Foxing, draw down the moon. Oh, that got number four for me. Number three for you. Yeah. Indie pop rock. And I bought the CD. And so it definitely like was just in my car, like dominating my listening a lot of the year. Love that album. Great lyrics. Just, just a jam. Number two, Turnstile with Glow On. God damn it. I got all of your number twos. All of my guesses were your number twos for everything. <laughs> That's good though. That's pretty good. I didn't, I, did I get a single one of yours? Well, I got no. the number two with 14 peaks, but uh, Turnstile, hardcore band. Uh, I thought makes for big, sure that would be your number one. Makes big choruses and is not afraid of like shiny production. You know, there's so many hardcore bands that I, I, you can't understand what they're saying or like the drums sound bad. Turnstile nailed the production. They are rightfully blowing up right now. My, um, my only issue with this album is you keep describing it as a hardcore album. Well, they are a is, hardcore band. Like their first two albums are decidedly more hardcore. It is softer. And I think I went in expecting really hard stuff and it isn't that but that doesn't they have one something about a heart that heart is in the title oh yeah new heart design yeah that sounds like again like an 80s rock band there's fucking keyboards in that song yeah yeah no it does they have a lot of different influences coming in on this album number one you made the mistake you made with the movies i'm counting bo burnham's inside the songs (laughs) as an album that's number one though I listened to that the most this year. It's one of the only releases this year that I know every single word to. I've loved Bo Burnham since I was in high school, like for, you know, so it's been pretty probably like 10 years that I've been listening to Bo Burnham and he finally, like his production skills finally met the level of his songs this time. Yes. His ambition and his talent met. Yes, exactly. They met and they made an album of songs you can listen to. It's not just, you know, like a live pi- piano recording. Yeah, exactly. It's not they just all have a catchy with chorus with yeah. a piano underbeat. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So that's my number one movie and album is Bo Burnham's Inside. There you go. Well. Thank you all for tuning in to Jacob and Alex Best Of. Woohoo! 2021. So, uh, you know, DM us, tell us what we missed. And I really just mean DM me. <laughs> yeah. Don't fucking come near me. Go listen to the new Mrs. Ghost song this Friday. Go listen to Presidential Deathmatch Robopocalypse episode and listen to me talk about Michael Dukakis. <laughs> yeah, again, you're, you're really trying to fit that word in as much as you can, even on this podcast. Yeah, well, it's a great last name. Yeah, I guess. Okay, I'll talk to you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. Ginger on Ginger is brought to you by the Golden Globes. Not the awards show, but the organization that pees on globes.